Hello. Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome to your Aunties Could Never episode 35. I'm Auntie AK and I'm here with Auntie Farah, Auntie Nana, and Auntie Shade. Hey, my ladies, how are you? Good. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Okay, before we get into it, Auntie Far, who are you welcoming to the family this week? I would like to welcome Anise, and she is called Kennedy Carter, and she is the 21-year-old photographer who recently did Beyonce's her December Vogue cover. She's the youngest ever Vogue photographer to have the front cover. I think the shoot looks amazing, Beyonce looks amazing, the pictures are amazing, the clothes are amazing, and just more power to her. Her page is brilliant too, and her dad put out a really lovely Instagram feed just saying how brilliant his daughter is. And I think she's brilliant too. And she's black, by the way, as well, if I forgot to mention that. So yeah. <laughs> Come for all the aunties and make us look beautiful, please, little Lee. Okay, guys, let's get into the mess. What have you heard? Auntie Nana. So we will be entering into our English lockdown, English retreat 2.0. It was Saturday that Boris and his... um. Merry Men did their presentation. I'd like to know if any of you actually like waited the two hours that he was late to <laughs> deliver it. And if you followed it to the end, because I didn't and I tried again and I still couldn't. But also, as we've had a lockdown before, what are you going to do to make these next four weeks that they told us, I predict it's going to be six weeks, the best time spent possible on furthering your own lives. Part of me doesn't believe it's going to be as lockdowny as it was the first time around. So I'm not sure if I'll feel the same kind of gumption to really do the most. Like I was really committed to improving my business and getting fit and being healthy and really doing some me time. But just because I feel like we're not totally connect disconnected because the, the rules are so confusing. We can go to work, can go outside slightly. So I don't know if I'll feel as restricted as before. So I think for me, I plan to carry on as usual. Yes, whatever space we are given, if the lockdown means that other businesses can't continue, I'll continue to improve upon my business and myself. I will try and commit to doing more exercise because we don't have to go outside so much, but I've just got new office space, so and I'm trying to go into it to utilize it. So I will be going out. So I'm not sure if I'll be doing too much differently, but I'll welcome the slowdown as always. Slowdown's always good. I watch it online, so. I think on normal TV, you didn't get the question and answer bit at the end, but I watch all of that. Um, I mean, it was, we knew it was coming, innit? <laughs> we knew it was coming. I really hope it's not the case, but I think six weeks might be right. I think that's what they'll do to appease people for Christmas, and then we'll go probably back into lockdown again. That's what I think might happen, because I think people will just be in uproar if they can't do Christmas, basically. I can't imagine the British public accepting that at all. Was that the question, what I'll do differently? I think... What, what would you do to maximise this time? <clears throat> I think just more of the same, to be honest. Like, I think my main things were, like, just like Auntie AK said, like, just making sure I'm optimising my time and then also fitness, really. So I joined Justine and her Slayers um and trained to slay um during lockdown and it's been great she's just started a six-week challenge which is you know started this week so i'm doing that and that will probably take us up to christmas to be honest so that's all i'm really focused on like nutrition working out every day if not every other day 
and just trying to get rest as well kind of thing. That's the other thing I think that what was the benefit was just having a bit more down, once I adjusted, just having like downtime and actually, you know, not that I sleep properly anyway, but having the time to sleep, do you know what I mean, uninterrupted. I think it's not going to be six weeks, like, uh, sorry, four weeks, like you've all said, but I also don't think it's going to be six weeks. I think they're drip feeding us, like they drip fed us to begin with, because if you remember, it was supposed to be three weeks and then it was like another three weeks and then it was another three weeks and then it was another three weeks and then it was another three weeks. <laughs> Don't be surprised if we're still in this same predicament in late January. That's what I would say. I think they'll probably soften it a little bit for Christmas. It might be two families can meet up. I'm not going to do too much different. I don't think this lockdown is like it was previously because before everyone had to stay in and all of that kind of stuff. This time round, there's a lot more caveats. You can go to work if you need to. You can go outside to the shops if you need to. You can socialise with one person outside your household if you need to. So there's a lot of variations between this time and the last time. And I, and I genuinely think that most people aren't going to pay too much attention to the lockdown, if I'm honest. I think there's going to be a lot of people that don't, follow the the rules that boris and his minions have set in place purely because they change so often there's a lot more businesses that are continuing because they're covid uh, friendly businesses now so that's another thing so yeah i don't know i don't think i'm gonna bother to get fit because christmas is coming i'm gonna start drinking heavily let's face it <laughs> after christmas yeah i might like start exercising and whatnot and trying to detox but right now i'm good so I couldn't finish watching it because I was like, I didn't get the figures and I felt like they were lying as they were talking. So yeah, it just felt like a mighty piece of bullshit to me as they were going through the levels and, you know, to stop the curve and the simulations. And the, it was just like, okay, so basically you guys have been sitting in front of a computer running simulations and you're predicting where it could go if you don't put these measures in. From when they weren't shutting down schools, I was like, this is a farce because kids carry a whirl of germs. And if you're having kids still really intermingling with each other and people in universities, it really isn't that serious because you would shut all of that down if you really thought that the chart was going to skyrocket. But I was thinking that I probably had this quarantined life this year anyway, and nothing has really changed. So I was really trying to think of what um, what I could do to change it. I was hoping you guys would have some tips that I could steal, but you kind of didn't. So I will carry on um, and join Auntie Farah. I don't think I'm going to detox because Christmas is coming. And I'm already rounder than I've been before in my life. I feel like I should try and embrace this new body and see where it takes me. Nana. You didn't ask specifically yeah. for advice, so that's why no one was giving you advice. Everyone was talking about themselves. No, I, I was just going to steal it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, actually, preparing for, well, you can detox, like preparing your body to then have the big intake at Christmas. That's what you should do. Like, clear out to inject, to in, invite. Detox that's to retox. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Detox to retox. That's a great phrase. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I, the other thing I was going to say, I did watch it. Do you know what? I watched it online as well. I forgot that to answer that part of the question. 
I watched online, I didn't watch all of it because it was ridiculous. But what was giving me, what was cracking me up were the comments. People were just doing the most in the comments. You can't control humans. Humans are so stupid. This is the whole thing, like a press conference, serious about the lockdown. You had people, someone was right, someone wrote, never going to give you up. And then other people followed up with the next line and the next line. Someone was like, Boris, you twat. It's just so hilarious. It was just dumb schoolboy, schoolgirl comments. But that was what was giving me most enlightenment throughout the whole conference. People making their comments and busted jokes. And I think the stream that I was watching was through Periscope. So they just saw all the comments coming up. And humans were mad. People were giving football scores and all this type of stuff. <laughs> that was the highlight of everything, watching um, <laughs> watching the comments. It, what I've noticed, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but on all the slides, London was the lowest scale. Like London was one of the lowest scales. Like all the, all the slides had like Midlands and or, or up north and all that stuff up here. And London was like this. Yeah. So I was like, if London's the lowest, I would be on tier three the other day, exactly. It's I, all... Just, just, I don't know. It, that's the bit that I noticed. I was like, mm, that's interesting that you're now showing all these slides of where people are and where people are going to be and London's not as up there as you made it out to be. That's why people just think that they're chatting nonsense. And that's why people hate London. <laughs> We're in the South. And that's why we should be an independent country. We need <laughs> to be an country. London for Londoners. <laughs> <laughs> Love everybody else though, just saying. Yeah, we like you, but we have borders. M25. Auntie <laughs> <laughs> did the comments Okay, so Antoinette says, I agree, Auntie Shade. Bojo doesn't want to want the Grinch that stole Christmas title and incoming memes. So yeah, he'll relent for Christmas. So it looks good, but then we'll be back come January, possibly New Year's Eve. True. Miss Litang? says i agree with auntie farah lockdown until january and also says i remain confused about what is actually expected of us to be honest it really is weird and that's why i don't feel like it's going to be a real real lockdown and then i think people are not going to take it seriously then all of a sudden you're going to have like military in the streets and it's just like you're locked down that's it you look didn't play well so just get locked down by force Do you think the military are really gonna come I don't know. He did say that they're using the military to um, roll out tests. Yeah. Didn't he? I think I read so that. It was in the in the conference. He said that. So it's like yeah. he's got them on standby for something. Do you think there's enough of them, guys, to even do that? Because they got the weapons. Auntie Shade, don't underestimate these this little little island. You know the way they colonize the world. They will come and return oh, over the, the international ground. ones. Yeah, they don't think the UK has enough because. Every so often, they have to start running ads again because <laughs> <laughs> they need new recruits. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like it's just there's something where you press a button and the whole land will turn over and then all these people just come pouring out. <laughs> like, you know, like Area 50, that one. Um, Area 50. Two. I think it is. Yeah. Like, one, no? I think that is 51. Yeah. 51. There's probably an Area 51, yeah. Area 51, Area 51. Exactly. And area 51. It's happening 51. <laughs> Let's be real. That's where the aliens are in this spaceship. That's where yeah. the aliens in this spaceship are. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And one to 50, there's some next type of thing that we don't know about. That's what I'm saying. So we can't say that they don't have enough. I think they know what to do when they need to do it, mate. So mine is about the US elections, which are still ongoing. And basically, uh, Trump. His response to it all has been quite interesting. As I said last week, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know who's going to lose. They've had like record people voting. There's early voting and um, there's extended voting because of the pandemic. 
Trump and the Republicans recently tried to ban, I think it's 125,000 votes that were cast in Texas and the Texas Supreme Court denied that and said, no, these votes will be counted. Trump yesterday went on Twitter and basically said that this is ridiculous that they've done this and it's allowing for cheating and it will induce violence all around America. They're boarding up the businesses because they're scared of the results. Around the White House, Trump has put a fence all around the White House because he's, as, as I said, waiting for it to all kick off. He has basically said that should he lose the election, him and his lawyers will go in and they will investigate this because it will be cheating. This is a man who, let's not forget, won the election in 2016. Out of three of the states that he won the election in, the votes came in much many days later. He is now saying that any votes that come in beyond today should not be counted. You never know the full results of the election the day after or the day of the election day. So it's just fun. It's interesting to me that this he's doing this massive U-turn. Have you guys seen it? What do you think? What are your thoughts? Auntie I, I can't lie. I'm a bit nervous about the whole thing, to be honest. Like, I just feel a little kind of unsettled. I want the result now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We've been <laughs> here for so long. Yeah, seeing his antics. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's just more of the same, isn't it? This is just him turning up just before in the final hours. I don't know. It's just a, he's just a weird guy in general. If he loses, I don't think he's going to leave quietly at all. I think he will probably... I'll be surprised, actually. He might flee the country if he loses, but I don't think he's going to have the military on his side as he thinks, right? So in order for him to stay in power if he doesn't believe the result he needs to have the military on side and i don't think that's going to happen to be honest and i do think that actually a lot of the news that we see is trump focused news but that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the majority of the people are supporting it really doesn't and we all know know how you know these things can be conflated by the news anyway so it's just yes yeah, just nerve-wracking i just want the result I'm not nervous. Um, this is like, I don't know, like the biggest kind of, feels like Game of Thrones, mm. House of Cards, like literally it feels like watching a film or a Nollywood movie. Like when Biden's truck was attacked by the Trump supporters, I was like, this is mad. I expect to see something like this happening, flipping like, I don't know, in some African country election. And then you had Trump not, denounce it like literally be like kind of like oh well yeah this shit's gonna happen and then the same in new york and then watching cardi b's video where she's uh, driving in atlanta and all the trump supporters are around with water pistols and i'm like you guys are bonkers but on both sides both of them have stated that basically whoever wins either side are not going to concede that this is the correct result what happens is usually you would say, I'm going to concede. If the results come in, I'm, and both of them haven't said we are going to follow this protocol. So either way, you know, this isn't being resolved today, tomorrow, Friday. Like it's not, it's, we're, we're going to be not knowing who's really running, who's won for a little while. Probably sometime in January, I think, if they go through all of the court systems. But I just feel for ordinary Americans, really, I just think, you know, just stay in your yards because I see shit taking place, like proper madness on the streets in America. <sighs> yeah, I feel sorry for them. I feel sorry for them. But this is a pantomime. Like, I'm not nervous about it. 
I would just stay at home if I was over there. But overall, it's like, just watch it and be entertained. I felt a little bit nervous. In my early hours, I wake up about, I tend to wake up about four or five, start going on social media and looking at what's going on. And then you get taken down to this rabbit hole, which is what my next story will be about. It's the war bit. And I don't like the gaslighting and the inciting of, you know, I think, you know, when people say things, this is possibly going to happen. Then you know they're preparing you for it to happen. So people are prematurely boarding up their shops. And when Trump's saying, well, look, it looks like there's going to be violence. or pretend, It's like you're not saying, hey, guys, go out and fight. You're giving the seeds for people to be like, ah. Oh. So the minute someone thinks that's what's going to happen, it might never have happened if no one talked about it. But the more people are talking about it, they're making it and uh, speaking it into existence. So that's a bit worrying. They're saying that gun sales have gone up 80% or 90%, apparently. But I switched my settings to see what was trending, because in the UK it makes you really think there were more tweets about Trump and then it was Joe Biden and then all type of stuff that when I switched to America, it's not as saturated, which it, it depends on the algorithms as well. But when I switched my settings, I saw kind of a fair balance of um, back and forth about both sides. What was interesting was um, Trump's re recent rally where he called out, and I, I mean, I, all the Lil rappers, I mean, I don't know why they want to be called Lil this, Lil that, but he called Lil Pump, Lil Pimp when he introduced him onto the stage. And it just shows that, first of all, Lil pump you fool because the man doesn't even know your name and he introduced you to however hundreds of thousands of watching as little pimp first he corrected himself but the first thing he doesn't even know who you are doesn't give a shit who you are but you're out there promoting trump little wayne has come out in support of trump and it's just such a weird time of people like i just don't understand it's really difficult to understand what people are seeing in trump however either way i'm worried about what's happening to this world because this election is the pivotal moment for a lot of stuff and either way there's some stuff that's going to go down that I don't even know who, who, where we'll be better off. So, boy, I don't know. I just don't know. Any predictions, guys? I think Biden's got it. Can I just say, Lil Wayne can't even vote himself, yeah? So he can support who he wants to support. Can he not vote? Is it his he's, not, he's not allowed to vote. Exactly. So he can say what he wants, but you ain't voting, bro. You don't have a say, so maybe just shut up in it. Do you know what I mean? I talked uh, with my team about this um, this morning, and everyone was on Trump. I was the only person who... It's not logical either why mm. I think that. And I might, obviously, might be wrong, but I just feel like he's middle enough. He plays to both sides. That's the thing. And I think that that's easier to manage than someone who's completely chaotic. That's what I think that he might have it. Yeah, and I agree with you in terms of like the advertising and stuff. I think I said that last week, that you don't see the same stuff that America's seeing. This whole Trump has got the majority of the people is actual fake news. So I was watching American news yesterday and um, and Al Jazeera, because Al Jazeera shows you some different stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was watching that yesterday. And it isn't that Trump is as popular as he's making out to be. In fact, there's a lot of news about the it being the opposite and about um, a lot of people are saying that it's not necessarily that they 100% are for Joe Biden, but they're 100% not for Trump and for change because the way that the country's headed at the moment, it's just full of hate and it's, it's heading towards a very, very violent path. I mean, I don't think you've ever seen, I could be wrong, but I don't think you've ever seen shops being boarded up, preparing for riots in the streets once an election result comes through. Additionally, there's a lot of people who are trying to vote from minority backgrounds and they're being pulled out of the queues. They're being ram raided by cars and shouted at and screamed at. There was footage on the internet yesterday on Instagram and stuff about a young woman who was driving and 
you know, a bunch of Trump supporters surrounded her and attacked her and her friends. And the police were just like, well, I don't think they've broken any any rules and that sort of thing. So there's a lot happening that we're not seeing. Um, Joe Biden is very careful about what it is that he says. And I think, I, don't, I can't remember which one of you said it, but it's because he's trying to sit on both fences, maybe. He's not trying to offend the Trump people who may cross over too much, but he's also trying to keep hold of the people who want to vote Democrat. It's all very interesting watching what's going on at the moment. I think I feel like Joe Biden's got it, but I think I'm conscious of that because I want it to be so. <laughs> and I can't believe that people would actually give Trump another four years. But I also do believe that he's running scared, literally, because he's doing all these things that he didn't last time. He, last time he was very happy for the votes to come in late and to count all of them and to be doing all this sort of stuff. And now it's very much like, let's stop stuff before it even happens. I mean, who, the, the Americans have a right to vote. Why would you try to stop that? There's the, the 16 states that have approved um, early or late voting. Why would you try to stop that? There's a pandemic happening. So clearly things have to be different about how people go, uh, the way about people go about voting this time round. I won't be surprised if he wins it. I'll be disappointed, but I won't be surprised. But I would like Joe to take it. More for other people than him, to be honest. But here we go. I don't think it's about the popular vote because I think the country, the people do want Joe Biden. And I think the majority don't want Trump but it's not on them. And I think more than anything, this is, is really showing that it's not about the people. Really, it's the, it's the electoral college that are gonna select who the next term goes to. And I still think there's some buckeries that they want to happen and Trump is the man to do it and it's not gonna be Joe Biden. So we'll see, but I really feel like Trump has another four years to roll out all of the things that they need to take place. He's rogue enough to bring that in. I don't think Joe Biden has the balls to do the shit that um, the elites want to take place. So I think it really is going to be Trump. And I think he's doing these extra pantomime things for the show of it, for the chaos. He doesn't care when the votes come in. He doesn't care how people are voting. He really doesn't care about all of this. It's all about playing the villain, like really getting people worked up. Even Little Wayne, that's just another thing to just throw into the mix to make people be hit up. It's not really real. Wayne hasn't been Wayne for a good many years. Like the dude is, I think he's been swapped. So like, who knows if he even has a brain in there? So like, he's just a pawn that gets thrown about all over the place. Like, like when that was going around, I was like, of course Little Wayne's gonna have something to say. We've all seen that Black Lives Matter. That was almost a skit. You would think that was comedy when he was like, don't come to me with that bullshit. Like, really, little Wayne, who cares? So, yeah, it's going to Trump. Trump's got this for another four years. He may not even ever go. I feel like he could turn into some Gaddafi and like be like, America's mine. Yeah. Stay forever. Who knows? That's what I was saying as well this morning. Like, I think if he wins again, I think that's, that's him for a good number of years. He'll change the laws to make sure that's the case, basically. They'd have to cart him out. Yeah, 100%. I was, I was reading as well that um, Trump's rallies have been responsible for another 30,000 cases of COVID. <laughs> and, out of, and out of the 30,000, there have been 700 deaths. Jesus. So, <laughs> and, and also some of killing his, his own supporters. And also some of his rallies, they were saying that because of the weather is so cold, 
in getting them all in, getting them out, busting them out has been a problem. So you have people being taken to hospital because they've got hypothermia. And that's because they trekked all the way to Trump rally and then got stranded. But yet you're still going to vote. You're not thinking that this guy has zero, has zero care for us, zero care, but you're still going to put your ex next to his name. It's very bizarre. How stupid do you have to be to go and stand outside to the point where you get hypothermia? Right. Like, do you deserve <laughs> to still be dwelling on the earth, really, if you're that dumb to go and watch Trump? And also, so sorry, just to say that also there was a an article or something on Twitter that was like, people have turned up to watch Trump watching Fox News. So you've got you're standing in a in a big wherever you're standing in the cold watching Trump watch reports of himself on Fox News, his propaganda machine. Are you all right? <laughs> Come on. They said yesterday on, I think it was CNN, they said, oh, it's okay, because Trump has told people that the coats don't work. <laughs> so, they're getting, so they're getting hypothermia because the coats don't work. So let me do comments real quick. Uh, so Nigel Mark says, Trump will win, sadly. He'll definitely be rowdy if he loses and he'll never sh shut up about it. Very true. Uh, this is a terrible Shonda Rhyme series. And it also goes on to say the narrative has swung to Biden being in the forefront, but it feels like um, Corbyn where he hasn't been loud enough. It, it, it is saying that like Biden's in the front, just marginally. It's just the electrical, electrical, the electoral um, states that are, you know, the swing states, they're the ones that are very close, but generally... Biden is in the lead. However, let me move on to my story because this is part of me that thinks, mm, will Biden lead? And guys, I know I'm always messy with my stories. I don't always get it out, but I do not even understand what I'm about to talk about. So just bear with me. I've just got lots of notes. So I don't know if you guys have heard about the Great Reset. So this is like, it's something that's been introduced by Klaus Schwab, who founded the World Economic Forum, which is the International Organization for Public private cooperation and it's something about the UN 2030 agenda this is all this big thing so they believe that the world is broken and needs to be fixed so on the surface we all agree right so it was founded in 1971 in Switzerland and lots of these people get together in Davos to decide what's going to happen to reset the world aka the new world order so things like universal basic income which I have actually supported. Anyway, let me get my points out. Universal basic income, mandated vaccinations, no private ownership of property, and basically if you follow the rules, follow the rules or be ostracized from society. So Klaus Schwab, founder of the World Economic Forum, as I said, wants to take this unprecedented opportunity to reset the world. Hashtag the Great Reset. Um, it was founded in Davos, and if you don't get to vote on it, climate change policies will be the cover story, and things like COVID is the cover story. So the things that will instigate this is a planned economic crash, new digital currency and forgiveness of all debt if you forfeit ownership of your property and take part in a vaccination program. So just going on to another, someone else has pulled out these points. So you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it. The US will no longer be the world's leading superpower. You won't die waiting for an organ donor. They will be made by 3D printers. You'll eat much less meat. Meat will be an occasional treat, not a staple for the good of the environment and our health. A billion people will be displaced by climate change something about Soros's open borders. Polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. There will be a global price on carbon. This will help make fossil fuels history. You could be preparing to go to Mars. Scientists will have worked out how to keep you healthy in space. Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. Checks and balances are underpinned. Our democracies must not be forgotten. So basically, this is all going to happen because, and it's under the guise of this fake COVID-19 pandemic. 
Um, these lockdowns are intended to crush the economy and set in the direction, nationalizing all industry and wipe out small businesses. They're developing passports that will require vaccines in order to travel. Um, they're deliberately trying to reduce international travel to reduce pollution and to prevent, prevent mass uprisings against the new communist agenda. They're moving on from socialism to where you own something to communism where the government owes everything. And part of this is being embedded and fed through Joe Biden's Build Back Better campaign slogan. Now this will benefit the 1% or less of humanity who will thrive under this plan and that's that. So that's the end of my brain dump of what's going on when it comes to the Great Reset. So shrouded in conspiracy madness, but also within everything that I've just said, I know I've had conversations about what the governments are setting out to do to us. And so I want to know what you guys think. Have you heard about the Great Reset? And is anything in what I've just brain dumped, does it ring true or does it feel, feel like it's scaremongering tactics? This coalition, the weforum.org, are they trying to campaign against all of these measures? Is that no. their purpose? They're trying to implement a universal basic income. They're saying they want to improve climate change and all that type of stuff. So they're going to be taxing and levying, putting levies on people that do too much with their Right. Country. It's under the guise of, we're making the world better. Let's reset the world to do it better. And because we're going to have a fourth industrial revolution, which will be the technology revolution. So they're ushering that to lots of, look, Bill Gates, Joe Biden, Tony Blair, I think Angela Merkel. I think there's lots of the left-leaning politicians and people are alongside this Klaus Straub guy. And this is why I was thinking, I wonder if Joe Biden's going to win because he's aligned with this guy. Go ahead. I absolutely think that this is an agenda, Fred. But all of these are possibilities. So this is one possibility that a set of people are trying to push. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's actually going to come into being, really, unless you subscribe to it. So it's almost like the more people talking on it and getting scared about it makes it more likely to take place. If we just go energetically, like, look at how the planets move, there's definitely an opening for this to take place. Like, there is a reset happening just in anything, you know, birth and death. Like, the Earth is changing. And so they want to usher in this next type of power. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's definitely going to happen. Or even if it does, that we have to be involved in this taking place. That's shorthand way of me being like, actually, you know, when you're voting, when you actually place yourself into this paradigm, then you're under their rule. If you subscribe to actually, I'm going to place my faith in Trump, Biden, Labour, Conservative, any type of faction, it's like then whatever their agenda is, you've actually like placed yourself that I'm going to be ruled under this because I can't rule myself. It's like you're giving away your power to these people. So I have no doubt that this is what they're after. But do we all have to be like scared of it or subscribe that we are going to be under this type of rule? Me personally, hell no. Like it's about stacking enough chips so that I can have my own little island somewhere or be on a mountain somewhere or have my own land or be self-sustainable so that once they start bringing all of this shit in, I'm just watching just like, wow, some humans really subscribe to this. It's the same type of humans that will go and get hypothermia. 
like you're really invested in Trump being your savior, that you're prepared for this flipping man who can't even comb his hair properly and is orange to lead you. It's like, no. They're basically kind of doing similar in China anyway. You know, like your phone is connected to every part of your life so that you know you can't really leave your phone alone. Like it's connected to your job that you're able to get, how you get your money, it's like tracking you. They want to do all of that. I guess the major question would be, are we really going to subscribe to these thought patterns that they're trying to put out into the universe? Those are the questions that everybody should be asking themselves. And if it's no, make sure that you're doing everything in your power to be sovereign. There's ways out of it. If you want to fight it with them, you're kind of connected to them as well on the other scale of the poles. If you're opposing them, then you're joint with them. Maybe it's about switching it on its head and just ignoring them. I think to some degree, resets has, it has been happening and for a long time. I think they drip feed us stuff as time goes on and it becomes normal. You hardly get many people questioning why they do certain things. There's a bunch of people that always will say, well, what is this in aid of? And ask more questions. But then there's always the sheep that will just go along with it because that's what they've been told. So I think there is a reset happening as well. You have to decide what you stand for and you have to try and stand alone to some certain degree as well. You can't just be a sheep and just go along with everything that you're told. It's like vaccines as well, isn't it? You don't have to go along with them just because they tell you that it's the right thing to do. I don't know. It's nothing new. It's just there's a shift. And because they've, they've messed up the world so much is why they're looking to other places. Are we going to be on the train or are we going to be underground? Where are we going to be? What's going to happen? <laughs> Who knows? If they go to Mars, they're not going to let us go with them, are they? <laughs> so it's for us to make good the world again. I'm not buying it. <laughs> to be honest, like, I'm not buying it. I think it's PR. I think it's nonsense. What you described, which you, you said in, in it, Antioquia, is socialism and communism. Do you know what I mean? Different faction. And, and for some reason, in this Western part of the world, those words seem really scary. Yeah. And everything that's that's associated it just seems really scary. And it's just like, well, we run kind of socialist and communist policies when, do you know what I mean? That's what the welfare state is, really and truly. Like, do you know what I mean? So a lot of it is just mis- education and not understanding things. Change is inevitable. You have to adapt to every system that you're in. If you're an active member in society, if you're in society and you're participating, you have to adapt to the system. That's what it is. We are just the generation that are seeing a turning point. Now, generations before us, they saw the industrial revolution. I'm pretty sure a lot of people were super scared, scared about the machines coming in, taking all their jobs, you know, having to get a wage, changing their profession, all that kind of stuff. I think they were pretty scared and they were probably people that fought against it. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm for or against any of this. I'm just saying that that fear is a normal human reaction to change. That's what people do. They don't generally like change. And that's essentially what it is. The world can't stay the same. It never has. That's, that's what we know that is true. And I guess there has to be people that control it. There has to be people that want to organize it. It's just one idea over another. I just can't let it take brain space. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And we're worried about something that essentially can't be controlled. 
even if you were somehow in a position to, of power, if Hollywood tells you anything, you're gonna die, mate. If you wanna change things, you're dying. Every single film shows you that it's not the one for you. Unless you are trying to actually fight the system, as Auntie Nana's saying, you can live outside the system, it's possible. It's up to you and what you individually kind of like feel about it. Part of the chaos propaganda to take it on board as like a negative thing. I don't know if I'm wording that properly, but I just think it's just like, it creates a lot of panic. And then I think when there's, there is a lot of panic, especially in like huge groups of people, then it's easier to control them, right? Easier to manipulate. If that's what it is, then that's what it is. Just learn how to maneuver the system. For me, I felt like it came in such a perfect timing. We've got the US elections and they're using this as a counter argument to don't vote for Biden because this is what they're trying to get you away from voting for Trump because this is Trump is going to go against this. I'm like, Trump's not going to go against whatever's going to happen. And as you guys have said, this is what's going to happen. Trump's part of this elite anyway. That's why I feel like Biden might be an easier conduit to enforcing some of these things or letting these things go through because Trump might challenge them in a way that does because it doesn't suit him and his agenda, but not for the better of the people, for the better of him and his failed businesses. So where it doesn't work for him, he'll make noise and cause trouble. Whereas Biden might just be the person who's like, okay, cool. These things can usher through without too much pushback. Um, but I feel like I understand that. I think it is about being your own person, doing what's right for you and your community, your bubble and keeping it moving. However, there will be things that spill over that are then, it is down to whether you vote or whether you affect change in a way that doesn't get you killed, like Auntie Shade says. But there's things like, I mean, are you happy about not owning anything? Because I know this whole thing that we've been, we've been all been raised to, you've got to buy your house, you've got to have this, but but then there's so many things like subscription, everything's a subscription model now. And I know that's the way of the norm, but are you guys okay with that? Do you feel like not having ownership of stuff this whole thing where you've got to have a legacy and leave for your children and your future generations, if that's removed, what do you think it will be? Does it change your kind of mindset on how to, what our existence should be? And this is just a question. I don't have an opinion yeah. necessarily. I think the biggest fallacy that's been sold is about owning a house where really you don't own anything. The thing that we should be striving for is to own land. It's not to be buying a house. And that's the trap that so many people are in but I do think, you know, with all things, it's gathering an awareness of that. I'm not going to fall into the trap. And really all I need is my land so that I actually do own something because the house, I don't own it. I'm basically just leasing it. And I may lease it for one generation after me. If I have land, then that's mine. That's me and mine that we have land. That's, those are the things I think these conversations that people are having to really be like, what do I want my life to look like while I'm here? But also for the future generations, what do I hope to leave for them? Then getting involved in governmental bullshit, because really, I, I know I'm a hundred times smarter than Trump and Boris. So I really struggle with giving anybody power when I know that I'm smarter than them. That, it, that troubles me, that really... Do I expect that somebody that I haven't actually met has my interests at heart? They don't. And I think it's foolish to really think that. But, you know, we all have our different paths. So it's not even foolish. It's just not for me to leave anything to somebody in government to do something because I govern myself. And I would hope for a future where more people actually see that I've come into this world to govern myself and not give their power 
to a set of people that do not have your best interests at heart. That's the future that I see. More people being like, no, we don't need this type of a government. We can govern ourselves. That's what I hope for. That's the revolution that I would like to take place. Not people marching about Black Lives Mattering because you're still pandering to matters to who? It should be, who do you want to be like, yeah, you're Black Lives Matter? No, it's for us to be like, I have my land, I have my family, I leave my legacy, and I don't need to be governed by anybody. I think that ownership is kind of like an illusion anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really, I know it's just, I do own businesses, but at the same time, you pay so much tax to who you own it. I don't know. Like, do you know what I mean? And we pay tax on everything, right? We pay council tax, you pay, if you own businesses, you pay several, at least three times, three different types of tax we're taxed everywhere so even land even land can get taken away you know this is the beginning of white supremacy really and truly like look at australia look at do you know what i mean the americas like you know even land can get taken away so it just it just really depends on you're gonna go to like i guess like a spiritual what so we want to go there but like a spiritual kind of place then it just depends when you're born what you're born into do you know what I mean? Like, what is your environment at the moment of time that you're experiencing? That's what it is, ultimately, because everything is just an idea. <laughs> I don't even know how to say That's it. Exactly. But it is, it's just an idea. So, like, because I, I have that in my mind at all times, someone saying, oh, there's this big, scary thing that's going to come and take this away. What the idea? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'll just create another one. <laughs> or I'll see what I can explore in this new idea. That's the way I see it. Like, And I don't really go into this space often, but honestly, I think people need to connect to self more and understand that this world is material. Do you know what I mean? And it is, honestly, your experience in life is about being good to yourself and being good to others. And that's all that really matters. Everything else is just the distraction. And you choose your distraction. I choose to run businesses. That's what I like. You know, but it's a distraction. Does it mean anything? Not really. I want to say to my team that, of course, it means a lot. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's just all of this stuff, ultimately, when our spirits pass, doesn't mean that much. It really doesn't. I totally agree. I think that ownership is an illusion because you can own everything. With it, everything you can touch, everything beyond that, you can own it. But when you die, the government come and clap that shit and tell your family, give me 40% of whatever it is. So ownership is an illusion, but I do feel that we should own land. I definitely agree with you. Like it was very important for my grandparents to buy land back home, but you still got to pay land tax. They're still taxing. If you don't pay land tax, they can come and get you and all this kind of crap. So it is an illusion. But I think that what it does do is give the next generation a little bit of a stepping stone. So they're not necessarily in the same predicament that we are. It's not foolproof it's you know it does come with its um problems like i said about inheritance tax and all of that sort of thing but i do think it gives them the next a, a better stepping stone so if they're in a race for example they're like two steps ahead of the next person they're still behind <laughs> like you know the majority of western society who are born with spoons in their mouths well we're not but they're, they're a little bit further forward so i think if you keep if every generation does that we're one step further and hopefully one day we can be on a par in a utopian world. But um, yeah, it's you, it's definitely about the connections that you make with people while you're here. And it's about do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Because when you're dead, you're dead. 
right? Like whether or not you go on to heaven or whatever it is that you may believe, but whatever you had here that's materialistic, that doesn't go with you. And that's why I think it is about what you do within your own spirit and all of that sort of stuff. Whatever God you believe in, that's what I feel, feel is the main thing. You've got to make sure that you're doing right by others while you're here. Seeing things visualised, verbalised and putting a nice, neat website, then you're like, oh, we know what this is. It's been happening. It's just a way to make it look shiny and then for them to do what they're going to do. But it is essentially your community, your immediate community and how you exist in this space. If anybody listening does want to go down a, a rabbit hole for, you know, when when you're up at 4am and you just want to chat, you just want to read something. Um, the Rockefeller Foundation, if you put in lockstep, Rockefeller Foundation lockstep 2010, you will basically see the prophecy for 2020. And, and for maybe the next five years, like what we're living now is all in there and it was put up on um, in 2010 just if you want to read to you know we, we get told what's going to happen in so much literature and tv shows and films that it's just very interesting we're in the matrix we're in the truman show it's all whatever pick your poison really believe that. but don't you, don't you think that that is because there's in terms of like the world as an entity and a certain amount of people there are only so many outcomes Yes, I, and so it's easy to predict. That doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it's an actual prediction. It just means that it's just one of the possible outcomes. I, it could be, but it could also be a prediction. Because I, 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 it's funny because I was talking to someone, I was advising them about their story ideas, and I said, "There's no new ideas." I mean, this isn't, this isn't everything. Even what I'm saying, I feels like it's not profound. There's no new ideas. It's how you, the individual, deliver it and how people will receive it, and that is literally it. No, it could be a prediction. It might not be a prediction. It could just be an, a really like, guess. It's like star signs. I think there's more calculation to it. Like, so let's say the easiest example is like Kanye West. I think Kanye West absolutely understands how manifestations work. And so he created his celebrity to move people's emotions and then make them material in his own life. And not so many people know how to move emotions to create matter but the more i watch kanye west the more it's like he's always projecting future forward so he'll talk about things now and we'll all be like that's ridiculous but he's future predicting so he has an idea he puts it out there we all talk about it and then it manifests into material and he just keeps on doing that but loads of people do that but we don't know that they're all playing they're playing with us to make it into material. What I we think, need to do is future forward ourselves. Yeah, but I think I think that's maybe this is similar to what Anshade is saying because it's like Kanye might be the person that has the best idea because he's done the work and the studies, figured it out. But is he predicting or is he putting together some obvious points that other people aren't bothering, either aren't bothering, don't want to, can't do? don't have the time to, do you know what I'm saying? We're, some people are missing the point or not in that position. So I, is it prediction or is it just, he's the gatherer of the ideas at the right point at the right time? Like the person who did 1984, like the person who wrote the Matrix. Even Donald Trump, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he like, arguably does exactly the same thing. I just, I do think so, as humans, we do, at times, I, I'm gonna speak flex generally now, but I do feel like we try to create meaning out of everything. I just don't think it's always like 
a profound thing. Do you know what I mean? I just think it's just, if you've got enough time in your hands, you're going to come up with ideas. If you have the privilege of being in a creative space, you're going to come up with ideas. You really are, do you yeah. know what I mean? And if you've got the money to be able to execute them, then you're going to execute them. I just think like at the moment, we live in an age where people with platforms are the loudest. That's it. And I, I get, I, yeah, I do, I do get what you're saying. Let's get some comments. So Nigel Mark says, um, I think this was to your, what you were earlier saying when you were explaining things, Auntie AK. But Trump is being accused of this. I'm confused why Biden is being considered the agent for this change. And he also says COVID is an accelerant for a lot of things that have been happening this year in the making. Getting the world to submit to all of this is going to be hard. Tasha says, hey, Tasha. So right, Auntie Sade. Thank you. I am trying to live by this mantra because anxiety is real today. 2020 has been testing. I wish I could understand what this year is about. That's what you call generational wealth, Auntie Nana. And systematic racism has deliberately stopped this from across the globe for black people. Katusa says, govern self, beautiful beloved. I think that's a response to you, Auntie Nana. And Nicola says, you choose your distraction should be on a t-shirt. Might just do that. I was going to say, you need to put that bad boy on a t-shirt. Yeah. You can do it first. Oh, no. Oh, you can do it first. <laughs> what can you do it? It could be a collaboration. Yeah. I love it. It's true, actually. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's a distraction, yes. <laughs> This week, so my story's a bit light, been a little bit heavy this week, and you know, wait for uh, the election and stuff. So here in the UK, uh, on the 31st, maybe where you're from too, uh, we celebrate Halloween. Well, black people, do we celebrate Halloween? Not really. Not in no, the It's changing yeah. now. <laughs> um, but uh, we've been seeing all the Halloween costumes, and mainly coming out of America, there have been some great ones. And also we were treated to Beyonce doing her drop of her um, latest collection, which was, for me, pretty amazing. I already have two pieces. I was waiting for my box, do you know what I mean? And I was just like, what the hell's going on? Like, am I being left off the list again? You know what I mean? Um, but I have two pieces, so she did think with me, although I spent, spent my own money, but still. Um, but yeah, um, I just wanted to know whether you guys, actually, two part question, I'll mix them into one. So, did you guys see the drop? Did you like it kind of thing? Do you like any of the pieces? And then also, who's been your favorite Halloween costume of all the celebrities that have been doing their costumes? Okay, okay, I want to go first. Yes, love the job. Um, yes, and yes, I really, really liked it. I really liked it. I really, really liked it. She spoke to me. Also, I didn't get knocked, get my door knocked with a box outside my flat. I mean, maybe she's got a thing about council dwellers. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I normally, I don't get caught up in the hype when it comes to celebrity collaborations. I've done maybe one of the H&M collaboration back in the day. So when Beyonce announced this one, her first one, I didn't really like too many pieces um, and I wasn't so bothered. But this one, the colours and some of, I immediately saw one of the trainers. I was like, mine. Um, and I, for once in my life, I'm actually in a position to like, yeah, I can partake in this little indulgence. So I did get, I've got three pieces. Ooh, um, what did you get? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say what yours were. What are you doing? I'm going to be 
in black designers? Well, no, I'm going to. This is the thing. It's so funny because I was thinking, oh, yeah, because this is does this count? Because it's a collaboration with a, a name brand, but it's still Beyonce's own black owned brand. So it's kind of like it's a mixed one because it's Beyonce's yeah. brand, but it's also with the mainstream. However, there's if you guys were collaborated with any of the mainstreams, I would buy an everyday yeah, everyday yeah, yeah, love through. <laughs> collaboration <laughs> um, so i would do that so yeah, fair anyway so it made me my made me feel better i got the mint green um high top trainers i got the white trainers and i got the green hoodie dress which i thought was fucking fantastic it's what, I, what i wanted was the uh, mint green vest top but they all sold out the um, body suit. yeah oh yeah i got the bodysuit i'm gonna rip it off your body <laughs> <that's you. laughs> And I got the cat suit as well, the yellow one. I did like oh, it. Oh, that one's nice. Yeah. Oh, that was so nice. I kind of, mm, I wasn't sure. I was a bit scared, but I thought I got practical stuff and I'm proud and happy because I never ever indulged. And I'm really, they literally came in this morning, this like this afternoon. Two pieces and one piece is on its way. I'm excited and got quite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, and the, my favorite outfit, I, I saw a few, a favorite, I, do you know it's a bit weird because I, um, I saw um, an, an article. Uh, no, I saw a social media post where someone put American um, Halloween versus UK Halloween, and someone <laughs> had gone all out, and someone literally had like a mask on their face. <laughs> it was so dead. And um, so we don't do it as much. I think we're starting to play catch up. We always copy Americans, so I think Black UK people are starting to do more, starting to make a bit more effort, especially the black celebrities and influencers are starting to get more involved but we just don't go all out as they do in america i just don't think anywhere can compare to americans and black americans really take it seriously um i loved um oh shoot that beautiful actress and she did lauren hill that was like i actually thought her oh, picture ryan destiny is it her yeah, I, yeah that's it yeah, I, yeah, I, I thought she was actually lauren hill i thought a picture was lauren hill and then i was like oh wow she actually looks better than lauren hill actually but um, she, she looked really good. It's a bit weird when they do human humans, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I always associate it with being like a character. So when they've like someone's, and it's like, you have to be in the pose. So when you're not in the pose and you don't look like the person anymore, because someone did Mariah Carey, her album cover, when her hair's like that. I'm like, so what happens when you stand straight? You're no longer Mariah Carey, you just look like a girl with curly hair. <laughs> so there's some of those things, but I think, yeah, that was one of my favorites and probably, um, I mean, Gabrielle Union, her daughter, because Gabrielle just looks like bloody same when she did Bring It On, was it? Is that the film in it? When she did... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, anyway, I'll let anyone else talk, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's a few, all fun. I don't celebrate... Ha I usually have not celebrated Halloween. I think I'm less bothered about it now. I'm older, it's all whatever, whatever. Loved Beyonce's drop. I signed up for notification and early release maybe a couple of weeks ago. Oh, so wow. I got the reminder, and I was able to add items to my basket enter my card details so that when nine o'clock no I think 10 o'clock came all i had to do was click one button and it was like it's oh in your inbox um so i bought four pieces Ooh. i bought um the coral leggings and bra top set okay i bought the green because i like a leggings type top set i bought the green um cycling shorts and the vest top set Mm. They're like lime green and green vest top set. I wanted to buy the catsuit, but I was like, you're chucking it now, Farah. You yeah. can't justify this. It's just it's just way too much. I was really upset the last time she dropped, I think in January or February, whenever it was, because I had stuff in my inbox and then um not inbox, in my basket, and then I checked out and realized it was the wrong size. So oh. then cancelled the order, went back in, and it was all sold out. Oh. So I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that this time. So um yeah, my stuff got delivered but i missed the delivery so i've got to go and pick it up from the post post office but um 
No, I was really, really happy. I saw a few people dressed up in their Halloween costumes that looked wicked. Sierra went all out. She did Nicki Minaj. She did Cardi B. And Offset, her son, her son Future, was yeah. Offset. Um, <laughs> and then she did, I can't remember who else she did. She did someone else as Janet, well. Janet Jackson. That um, was it. And Buster Rhymes. And she done that, one more. Yeah, she did one more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because her husband was Buster Rhymes or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, but my favourite one was the model, and her name is, I just need to remember her name, Sabria Majors, who is a model in America, and she did the whole Beyonce oh, yes. video thing, basically. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It was like 10 minutes, and she went in of all the different Beyonce songs and all that stuff. So I thought she she went all out. I don't really do Halloween. I think it's a pagan ritual. Sierra <laughs> also done Megan Stallion. Ah, that was it, Megan the Stallion. Um, I appreciate all costumes. I think I like it when people dress up as other people. I think that's that's better than when they dress up as ghosts and ghouls and all that kind of stuff. I think I prefer when they dress up. It's like an ode to a time to pretend to be someone else. I, I kind of like that part of it. Yeah, that's it. I think it was good. I, I put quite a few bits in a part and I didn't go through and purchase them. So I had over five hundred pounds worth of stuff in there, oh, wow. and then I I set myself all right. If I make that in profit today, I can treat myself to this, and I didn't, so I didn't get it. But I will go and purchase one pair of trainers. Okay. I feel like I've earned those. But yeah, I loved it. I thought this the color scheme. It annoyed me because she used a green that I knew was coming in, and I was like saving that to create a new kind of look out of it. And then I saw Beyonce had used that same green and I was like, I knew that green was going to take off. So, <laughs> yeah, that annoyed me. But at least I'm thinking like Beyonce because we have the same 24 hours in a day. I really liked it. Best costume, like Farah said, that model that did the video, um, the, the ode to Beyonce, which is brilliant. And Halloween, I don't celebrate it like the Americans. When I was a kid, I did go trick-or-treating in St. John's Wood because that's where all the Americans live and you've got a lot of sweets. But now, um, this year, and I think from last year, I did a full-on ritual to my ancestors because that's the whole thing is that there's the line between Earth and where they are is is thinner so you're able to communicate with them so that was the whole thing of halloween in the first place so i poured libation i left out food fresh water meditated had conversations gave thanks that was and then i did a meditation with my siblings we did our chakra clearing meditation and i just did a whole ritual for halloween but that was that was my halloween so yeah i do um I guess I'm a pagan. <laughs> no, do you know what? It's funny that you say that because I just remembered. I think the focus, because of the ghouls and the ghouls and, all, and the American tradition of it, I think I actually forgot that there is a bit, like a different tradition. Because when I was growing up, I used to do a similar thing with my grand. Like she would put out candles and stuff like that. And even in Grenada now, like they go to the cemetery and they put out, it's a bit like what the Mexicans do slightly. Yeah, and it's probably. funny. It's only as you just said that, that that came back to me. It's like I've been jaded by the whole americanism if that's a word of halloween but yeah but yeah no you're right that that's what we used to do yeah so the one that i liked was um sweeties one obviously i like the beyonce done um bootylicious oh yeah um kelly michelle and beyonce and she kind of like just done a little clip of their video and it was just really cool 
Um, so that was probably my favorite. And Sierra's Megan Thee Stallion as well. Well, that was cool. So as you're saying that it's got deeper meaning to Halloween, then I want. So is it just it's just a party, right, for everybody else? Yeah. It's just a party. Yeah, because really, yeah. for everybody else, it's just a party, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think in America that it's mainly like you just go trick or treat, and that's that's the connotation I get of it now. It's like trick or treat. It was only when Auntie Nana's talked about like you know contacting the veil between here and the next world and contacting your ancestors that I actually remembered that that's what we used to do. So yeah, interesting. How, how do you pronounce that chick's name? So I thought it was Sawaiti. No, it's Sawaiti. Sweetie, it's Sweetie, like Auntie Shade said. Sweetie. sweetie. Yeah, it's just not spelt sweetie, but it's don't you emphasize the sa, so it's just sweetie. I thought it yeah, was I, I know it's sweetie. I just thought you like actually like yo, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> you and your fellatio fellatio nonsense again, eh? <laughs> oh, it's fellatio. It sure is. <laughs> Do you know uh, what I thought somebody I know was at a rave and it seemed like a very, very big rave on Halloween. And it was a very un-COVID safe rave. <laughs> it was like a ton in a rave in a tunnel. And it was a, it was it had black music playing. So I'm sure there were lots of black. Wow. And I kind of had, I was split between super jealous. I was like, this is where we could have been at a rave. Ah. But also I was like, yeah, that person's never going to be visiting me anytime soon because there is <laughs> But it's really weird because that whole thing of COVID, like, is it or not? I mean, I'm sure they're fine. I'm assuming they're fine. Maybe they're fine, maybe they're not. But it was real tunnels. I don't know if it was in the arches. The, where they usually they do those raves, but it was a very ravey rave and packed, and oh, it had wow. a Halloween sign, this kind of devilly kind of thing. And I was like, imagine you got souls are going up to the COVID gods, <laughs> 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 inviting COVID into your spirits. <laughs> I don't know. It was very interesting, but I did feel that pang of jealousy. Like I would have been rave. Yeah, it's a rave. Yeah. Just to be in yeah, a I, I miss being able to just go out and not have to count the number of people I'm with. Yeah, man. Like, I don't. Yeah, last time obviously we were in Santorini, so partying that wasn't so bad. I do. Oh, Nicholas got. We got a comment coming through quickly. Comment, yeah. Uh, Nicholas says Halloween is the commercial celebration of the Day of the Dead and our ancestors. Like with most things, we're focused on the commercial aspect, but it's steeped in tradition. Yeah. Sure, for cheesy. Hey, I'm Auntie Nana. You're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. Now it's time for aunties to fix your life with Aunties Know Best. So this dilemma, again, brought to me by uh, somebody I know. I'll keep it short. They are of Cerulean heritage. And apparently this is really frowned upon in their community. But in this specific family, it's really frowned upon. And it's something I feel like um, Africans go through. So I wanted to know what your thoughts were, what they should do. So basically, they're... They've got two people in their family who've been raised as cousins who have recently, well, fallen in love, had a baby, and it's caused family scandal because the family's saying, this is absolutely wrong. You lot are cousins, though they're not, um, and this shouldn't be happening. So the fact that the girl and the guy have been ostracized and kind of excommunicated whilst the family work out what to do. It's caused a big, a big old family scandal. And the person told me like, so the, that one of them is their actual cousin and he's conflicted, it's a bit like, I don't, and then it just spots conversation about what they would do, what he would do with raising his children and whether they think it's wrong or not. If you're raised as cousins, is it wrong if you fall in love and go on to be in a relationship and have babies? And also just a couple along that, I don't know if any of you guys were raised with people who were, you thought were cousins, but in the end, later on in life, you're like, 
they're never your cousins. And if you ever experience like my mum to ask me, why the hell are you single? I'm like, well, mum, if you didn't make me think that so-and-so Kojo Kwame Kweku was my cousin, maybe as close as we were, we would have been like grown together. You would have known the family and here we are, happy families union. And I'm married to Kweku Kwame or Oscar. <laughs> Oscar. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes Ghanaians give sometimes Ghanaians give these Oscar random names, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, so what do you think a person should do? And then guys, and then yes, a general kind of conversation about being raised as family when you're not family and then getting together because the love, the bond was there. Go it's for funny, because it. when you first said it, I thought back to um I I knew these people and they were raised as cousins, but they weren't related. It was a case of like their aunties were best friends. So they were raised as cousins, but they were not related. And then they started dating each other and then they fell out for their own reasons. But their parents didn't ostracize them or anything like that. But then, and so I was like, oh, they're not related. But then I thought about my own family. And I thought about, my family's pretty like multi-layered, right? There's sisters and brothers and stepsisters and stepbrothers, but we don't even talk about it. We're just brothers and sisters, right? So if you want to get technical, then there are people who are not blood related. However, what I will say is that the idea of those non-blood related cousins getting together later on in life disgusts me. It fills me with <laughs> dread and disgust. And I do feel like my siblings would feel the same way. So should these cousins later on in life decide they want to get together, it's going to be a problem. And I, I, I'm just I'm just talking about, I'm just looking at it from my own experience now and I'm thinking, oh, these little kids and how they are. And da, 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 da. It's di yeah, I just, I'm not happy. It's different if it's like my brethren and my, like say like Auntie Nana, your, your son is seven years old. My daughter is seven years old. My daughter calls you Auntie Nana. That's, what she, your, that's your name, right? Your son will call me Auntie Farah. That's my name. Yeah. If they grow up and decide that they want to see each other, I'm going to be mad happy about that. That would yeah, be like, yes, he has a, he's of good stock. Get me? That's how it's going to go down. However, within my own family, where there's steps and this and that and the other and halves and blah, 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 if you break it down to those horrible intricacies, which I can't stand, I wouldn't be happy about it. And I know my siblings wouldn't. We'd be cussing. We'd be cussing them. If there's even an inkling of that kind of stuff, it'd be like, are you mad? <laughs> no. Oh, you know what? See, this is this is interesting because I think about this quite a lot. Um, and I was thinking about it for myself with my cousins that were like my play cousins, but I loved them like they were my cousins. You know, when you even had that moment where you figure out, oh, we're not even blood. Like it was cousins like that. Yeah, that's weird to fall in love with them. But I could see how that could take place. I don't feel like it's fair for the elders to be so disgusted by this. Like, really, I don't think it's fair because there's no blood there. That's just time. And really, if your two families know each other, why would you not want that to carry on? Because you know where your daughter-in-law or son-in-law was brought up. Like, you know that they were brought up. And so they get your same traditions. Like, that should be celebrated. So what if it's your step-sibling's child and they've been yeah, raised from day dot as cousins and it's your step-sibling's child? I get that legally and morally they're not actually related, but that's mad. Like Christmas, everyone sat around, your gran is your gran is your gran is your gran. Like, oh. I know, it is weird. It is weird. And I do feel quite Asian. 
um, and maybe this is African, I don't know, but there's something in me that is like, I feel like it shouldn't feel weird. And really, because you were all brought up in the same environment, that should be supported. Although in saying that, I did have two cousins, but their second cousins who tried, they did date. And that, I remember feeling like that was absolutely disgusting while they were dating. And everybody else was like, nah, you two can't get married. They kind of accepted them dating and then it fell apart. And I do feel like the family breathed a sigh of relief, like, like that had ended. But at the same time, I feel like that's a bit bad. It's not, you're probably not going to have too many disabilities in your children because you're cousins. And so if there isn't that blood connection, I think it should be accepted really and you and the couple should be supported because you know where they came from they're not they're not blood related so i i can't see what the real problem is to be honest i'm struggling to see what the problem is it's not their fault they were raised as cousins that's the parents fault why do they do that because your step siblings what's that got to do with anything okay but my my point i get about families like friends and stuff like that but i mean like I don't know. It's not a legal thing. We're talking about cousins. We're not talking about in in my house, you're my stepbrother or you're my sister or you're my half. Do you know what I mean? And there's some sort of like if you if you're raised together as siblings, as like that's my brother, that's my sister, I have a problem with that. Do you know what I mean? Because you're not supposed to look at that person sexually because they're a close-knit person to your family. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's your, that's, so if I can finish, that's your immediate family. Your cousins are not considered as your immediate family. They're not. Do you know what I mean? They're just your first friends, really and truly. That's what they are. And really and truly, marriage should be built on friendship. But anyway. <laughs> While you're on that point, can I just yeah. ask, you made a really interesting point there. So you said if they're your step-siblings, then they're very, there's your brother and sister, and you shouldn't look at them in that way. Does that not extend then to their children? To their children. Yeah, because that's what I'm that's all I'm saying. So they like your stepbrother who you don't look at in a sexual way, your stepbrother who you look at as your brother has a child. You have and a then, child. And then their, their children. children, their children will be seen as cousins. That's what I mean. That's all I mean. I mean that connection. I don't mean like anything else. I just mean that connection right there. Because they are seen as cousins. I get what you mean about everything yeah, else, but I'm saying, talking about if, that if, connection. Uh, okay, cool. I get the, the the intricacy of what you're saying. Yeah, I do get the intricacy of what you're saying there. It's, it's difficult, man. If you're not related, if you're not blood related, yeah, and you're not raised as a... Nah, I don't know if it can... I don't know if you've got the right to say that it can't be. They're not blood related. Can I jump in? The scenario that we're talking about here is not siblings. It's family. It's like you said with Auntie Farah, Nana and you, essentially, or any of us having kids and they're raised and we say, that's your cousin, but they're not. So this particular situation is that it's not even siblings or step-siblings or... Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, nah, I don't understand what the problem is. If you're not real cousins, then that's your game. You're fair game, man. It's a good thing because I know you and I know, like, that's the thing. Like, I know what stock you're coming from. And, like, what's, what's, the, pro what's the problem, Farah? What, what's the yeah. issue? No, 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 there isn't. And I've said when I spoke that if it was my child and Auntie Nana's child that got together, that's great. But what I said I have a problem with is my stepbrother and my daughter, my say my stepbrother's son and my daughter get together, that's mad weird to me. And whilst mm -hmm. I can't legally say blah, 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 but me and my stepbrother have raised as brother and sister. 
I don't look at him that way. It's disgusting. He don't look at me that way. It's disgusting. That for me, that should be extended to our children. However, play cousins, like you're all saying, that's different because I know what stock you from. It's all good, blah blah blah. You can't stop it. But I'm talking about that. Where do where does that stop? Because they're not related. Just that's all I meant. I, I you know that's the only thing I was saying. You know, like your parents raised you to call everyone your auntie or your uncle. Yeah, that's different. But someone that you've been raised with as your actual sibling their children should be off limit. I've got a problem with my stepbrother, his kids, and my daughter getting together. That's not on to me. The thing is, I think my initial thing, just to respond to that, it's, not, it's actually not on in that scenario. I know that's not what we're talking about in terms of that dilemma, but that is, yeah, that's not on, to be honest, because I have stepbrothers and sisters, and if their child wanted to yes. date my child, then that's not, that's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? But if it was like, yeah, if it was, you know, if they're, if they're cousins and they're not even related, so I've got too much family anyway, but everyone's my aunt or uncle. Do you know what I mean? So that would mean the half of Nigeria is off the market. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> so the dilemma, I really think that one auntie, uncle, somebody doesn't like one of the partners. I don't think it has anything to do with the cousin thing. I think that's an excuse. Really, some faction is like, this person isn't suitable for this one. And that's what the beef is. I don't think it's about the cousin title. They're just using that to mask it. One of them is fuckeries. And nobody is being honest enough to say what the fuckeries is. That could well be true, because I, I think there's an element of like, where did this happen? How did this happen? And are you serious about the person? And is it going to continue? Because then it's just like, you're causing that family rift. It's that whole thing. And I think we've talked about it before when you're in a relationship. We you know when people are close and telling them that you like each other, you know, all that type of stuff. So it just could ruin friendships and connections. Um, yeah. well, one of them has potential to break somebody's heart. Exactly. Um, everything you guys said, because it, it took me down a long kind of wondering what it was. And I started talking about it with my daughter and she was like, she was horrified, as horrified as you were for Auntie Farah. But she was more even horrified about Play Cousin because she was talked about her best friend. Because then it's the other thing of like, if her best friend and their children got together and something went wrong, that's where she went. She was like, no, nah, she wouldn't have it. And her best friend has been, they've been raised like cousins. They're definitely not. They're God's sister, actually. And what about God's sisters? God, God, God children. God, God. And I know, I know, so I'm throwing it in there. Yeah, same thing for me. So then, like, yeah, that's same thing for me. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, so my daughter had a problem with that because she said, that's my god sister. The children are family, never going to happen. And But she was thinking about it ruining their friendship if she, things went pear-shaped. And so it's just, it's really interesting conversation. But it just made me think about all the times, actually, the negative of raising people as your cousins when it's like, we could be setting family legacies and empires and having kids not having this issue with not being married if that's what you're into being married in later life because you could have had this nice groundwork and footprint because i i remember fancying my play cousin <laughs> and thinking he was beautiful and um in future life i'm like yeah it's not your cousin i'm like mum you know like you know you're complaining about me now being single at this age if you'd let me be in love with my cousin that you told me was my cousin maybe could have been somewhere do you know what i mean so yeah it's very interesting I feel like i would really support that even if they do break up because it can take um a family to keep people together yeah. i wouldn't be in their business and really if people break up it also is none of my business okay. like, i wouldn't even hold that against anybody like really oh you know you broke my son's heart or something it's cool like you're still kind of niece to me and my friend would still be my friend 
but I absolutely would. I can't think of any like my best friend Femi's got two beautiful daughters. If one of my sons wanted to, and that's like my friend from since I was eleven, I would absolutely love that because I love them. I don't even have to go through the thing of oh, do I even like this girl that's going to be my daughter-in-law or you know, it's, I love them already, so that's perfect situation. There's a comment. Oh. So Nicholas says, Auntie Nana, did you just say too many disabilities? That sounds a little <laughs> bit. But like like a little bit of COVID. <laughs> However, I'm with Auntie Farah. It feels icky. Yeah, we can't get into bloodlines. That's that's a problem. Yeah, that's too many disabilities. There are only seven. I was about to say this is like flowers in the attic, but they were actually siblings, so it's not. Uh, yeah, that was gross. But that was a very mad situation that we were in. <laughs> anyway, we I read that book too young. Man. I love that. You know what I mean, Monty Shardy? I read it young. I love the series. And all the series as well. Yeah. I, yeah, I wanted yeah. them to be together. Like, yeah, it was mad. And the, and the TV adaptations of that story. That's a You can't do that now. Do you know what I mean? Nah. I, swear that was, I swear that was aimed at like pre teens as well. Do you yes, know it, was. Was. it was. You can't it do that now, man. So bad. Virginia Andrews, she got a mind on her, man. Okay, if they were in the attic. Yeah. <laughs> but that is, but that's kind of what we're talking about. No, I'm not excusing it at all. But that, like, they're in a forced environment, growing up in their hormonal years, they had no other outlet. I mean, they went for extreme situations. I mean, come on, can't even compare. But anyway, anyway, next <laughs> dilemma. Okay, I'll go next because it does have a similar theme. Dear aunties, my cousin slept with my boyfriend when I was in college, but I still can't seem to forgive her. I don't let it show, but inside I'm still boiling. She's apologised, but the whole affair was very public and I don't think I've gotten over the trauma. As an adult, why do you think it's so hard for me to forgive and forget? I have lived this. It didn't happen to me, but with friends. And this took place, well, and... It took a very, very long time for forgiveness to actually take place properly. Sometimes I just think the portrayal is so deep, it actually like takes a while for that wound to actually heal. And really it's like the steps to forgiveness. I do think they need to be followed because being bitter about somebody else is just poisoning yourself. So if you can really focus on I can't be in anger about this because it's actually like damaging my own health. Maybe that will help you kind of get over it to even forget about it. Like sometimes you you can't ever really be that close with that person, but you can not have too many emotional triggers when you're near them, especially mm -hmm. if it's a, a cousin that you see a lot. But there has to be some type of forgiveness of yourself for trusting them. That's generally what you're actually really pissed about is that you trusted the person, that you didn't see it coming. And some people are just a bit shady and you've got to leave them to their shady ways and protect yourself, but not dealing, hating them and being bitter about it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's really hard to try and forgive somebody when they've done something that hurtful to you. But in the long run, it, it causes you more pain than it does them. And I feel like when you hold on to certain things, it creates sickness i think how you have to handle people when they do things like that to you or how i've handled people that have hurt me who are like very close family members or, or friends you just have to know what they're like don't you and you just have to move 
on if you can from that and know what you can and can't say and the type of relationship that you can have with these people and you do have to forgive them because not necessarily forget but you do have to forgive them otherwise as i said it just makes it it creates a problem for you and you can become bitter and resentful and then the reaction that you have towards that person can be very unhealthy and therefore unhealthy for you so yeah it's it's a very difficult situation but i think the best thing you could do is just learn from it in a sense of know how to deal with that person know what to expect from that person and what not to expect from that person and then moving forward kind of like analyze who you put your trust in i know it's difficult because you could put your trust in people and it come back to slap you in the face but it's hard um yeah i think take it as also this is very very um maybe too easy to say but she inadvertently exposed the waste man that you were with no yeah <laughs> so she'd be grateful <laughs> be, be grateful um it's a bit much it's a, it's a bit of a stretch i understand but then you know if your partner was so supposed to be you know in a committed relationship it was so easily led or whatever happened was able to sleep with your family member that's maybe saved you from something down the line which i'm not saying you really say oh thank you cuz <laughs> thanks for that no but i mean take every situation as a education and maybe that's a blessing in disguise because you could have been gone a lot further with this guy and been caught up in a lot more and yeah it's as everyone else says just forgive don't forget treat your cousin as you see her it's 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 she's a family member and if you're really super close as cousins it maybe that's you can have that conversation like where are you at what happened why did you even think that this was okay you can have that kind of stuff maybe she's got and i know it sounds again so easy maybe she's feeling some type of way it's not an excuse but maybe you can get some rationalization of where she was at and why she did it and that can help you move forward because you kind of understand that it wasn't to hurt you maybe it was her own shit that she was dealing with that made her do something so crap there's a lot of stuff in it because she's a family member you can go that little extra mile of working out how to forgive her and but yeah just try not to take it on i don't know it's just heal time heals isn't it you'll soon be like oh fuck it and find a new lovely man i thought this was like really simple on the surface and then i was just like oh no no actually because i do think that we are almost from birth taught to forgive do you know what i mean and i, I always think that why is that the case man because sometimes <laughs> that having that <laughs> that angle remembering it kind of thing it can help you. It can be used as a means of survival as well. Let me land. <laughs> I just don't think that you always have to, I think everyone's different in it. And I don't think you have to always forgive in all cases because sometimes the act of forgiving is for the other person to abolish their sins that they've committed against you. So I think that what you should do actually is forgive yourself. Do you know what I mean? In that situation, forgive yourself for the whole kind of like, if you felt like, oh, you tr put your trust in, the wrong person or you didn't see the signs or whatever kind of thing you need to do that work and it's not about them because like auntie ak said it must be really difficult to have a family member do that to you and then you just have to act like it's cool and it's normal and seeing that again it could just be re-triggering and re-traumatizing you i just think you need to work on yourself more maybe a bit of counseling maybe that could help and also as well like just see if your method is right for you. I just don't believe in this whole one size fits all. And just having an apology, that might not be enough. You might need to not see this person. You might need to just take a break from everybody. 
and just do some alone self-work, you know, and build bonds with people that are outside your family that you can trust. I think it gets mixed up or confused with actually forgiving yourself. I think people say forgive and forget. But I, I, I also think that forgiving actually means they don't turn it on themselves. It is about forgiving yourself. And then you can move on and look at how you deal with the person in front of you. Because then ultimately, if you forgive yourself, then ultimately your forgiveness might extend to that person or not. And you can take yourself away from them. I just think, I think there's an element of when people say forgive, it's more like, tried a lot to let that anger or hate consume you to the point where you're disturbed and you're it's detrimental to yourself your health your well-being because that's not healthy so i think that's why people kind of say just forgive and don't worry about it but it's i i assume and i think i assume that's how i interpret it do you think that and this is for everyone do you think that forgiving is the same as letting something go no i think that's what the language that gets com confused and conflated because no. if i forgive you I've let it go. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm happy with you. I'm, I like you anymore, but mm -hmm. I forgive the situation. I've let it go. So sometimes I could be meaning, I but let Why do you need to forgive the person then? Because I, th I no, think- You don't have to, you don't let, have to. People can let things go. Yeah. Mean, and not necessarily forgive the person. Yeah. Is that like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know enough about this space. To, I'm not an authority at all kind of thing. But I just wondered like, <laughs> Aunt Shada, you said something that's right or, or triggered something in me that just because somebody's your family doesn't mean that you necessarily have to deal with them. That is something that we're all raised with. Oh, your family standards, you've got to see, see them through, freaking through, that's your family. But you don't necessarily have to. If, you're, if a member of your family does some fucked up shit to you, you don't have to deal with them anymore. You can mm -hmm. be like, you know what? Cool, win it. Let's move on. You, I'll stay in my space, you stay in your space. And even if those spaces come together, you don't necessarily have to interact with each other. You can be around family, other family members, and not deal with a particular person. Just because they share a bloodline or not, if they're family, doesn't mean that you must deal with them. In terms of forgiving people and or forgiving yourself, I think you're right. When sometimes we say, or certainly when I say, you must forgive people so that it doesn't fester in you, that isn't always necessarily about the other person. Mm. It's for me sometimes mm. as well. Like, I'm going to let this shit go because if I focus on this too much, it makes me feel some type of way and that's not how I want to live my life. So you know what? I'm going to let this shit go, but I know about you now, innit? When I think of forgiveness, I always see it that way around, that I would have to forgive myself for trusting this person because usually that's what i'm really beating myself up about it's not really them it's the trust that i i placed in them and then it, it manifests itself in feeling stupid being embarrassed and all of those things that's for myself really is that i actually i have to work on forgiving myself letting go is usually things that don't bother me too much that i can just brush off but I will never put that person in my trust. When I say I've let something go, that person will they will always be 10 meters away from my heart. That is like, because I, I see you. And I think but it's, if I can see somebody, I, I can very easily let things go with them. Whereas somebody else may be like, that deserves forgiveness. But I know that it's not damaging me. I can take them or leave them because I've, I've let their ways go. But real, true forgiveness, I think it always starts with self. And then if I love the person, then I have to do the steps to truly forgive that act that they that they did, to really see the goodness within them, to see that they are love, and I can allow that love to manifest for myself, to extend out, to have that exchange with them, 
But I think that's the thing when trust is broken. I find that really hard to let somebody back in again if they've broken my trust. Really, mm -hmm. it's like that those are fundamentals because I place that pride on myself that I'm a trustworthy person. So when you break my trust, it's like then me and you don't resonate together because I expected you to have that same type of trust in yourself that I can trust you. So it's, it's a hard one. I absolutely get what you're saying, Auntie Sade. Like it's, it's, not everybody deserves that, that level of forgiveness where you're like, oh, I extend this to you and then you can come back in. Mm. Very few people. And the conversations need to be really honest. And I have to be like, I, yeah, I hear your honesty. Like you fucked up and you understand what you did. Sorry doesn't always cut it. It's actions over a period of time before you're able to be like, okay, that sorry really means something. So Cell Sugar says, I have a dilemma. What do you say in a work meeting when someone always confuses your name with the other only black person, black woman? So quickly, <laughs> you stand up and say, you make a point. I think you just have to clarify it. Um, so seriously, you keep doing this. This is my name and this is this other person. And I think Auntie Shardy is going to say her magical line that she hasn't said for a long time. <laughs> HR. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, obviously, I think talk to the person. Don't. I don't think you should do it in the meeting. I think you need to talk to the person afterwards and just say, you know what, can I get a quick five minutes? I've noticed that you've done this and list the occasions that you've done it. And they say, I think that it might be a bit confusing, but we are definitely two separate people. And I would appreciate if you could respect me enough to get my name right. So now that we've had this conversation, I'm sure that this is gonna stick in your mind and you're gonna remember who exactly I am. Do you know what I mean? That's the, you can have that conversation. And then I would just go to HR and say, just to let you know, I've had this conversation with this person because they keep on mixing my name up, this person. They've done it on these separate occasions. I've had this conversation. Is there anything further that needs to be done? I was going to say brilliant. And if they do it again, I'll start calling them Sarah. <laughs> you, you know what, actually? In the meeting, I'm going to ignore the person and then I'll probably do what Auntie Sade said. But yes. in the actual meeting... Because you're, you're not speaking to me, really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But that that would be my thing, is to just be blankly participating until you figure out in your head to say my name. Yes. <laughs> I had a situation like that, actually. When I was younger, someone kept calling me by the wrong name. It was like, and so I didn't nasty. answer them. It was like one of my mum's friends, and they kept calling me, and they were like to my mum, I was calling her and calling her. I was like, they didn't call me. They said, Tanya, my name's not Tanya. <laughs> Oh, no, you do have to be careful though in the meeting because you still want to be professional, do you know what I mean? So if it keeps on happening, then yeah, but still. Um, let me just do comments real quick. So da, 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 da. Mr. Tang is saying that she's watching us on TV, Future Girls, yay. Oh. Um, <laughs> Cell says, I think this is talking about the last dilemma, self-preservation, it's harder the closer the person. And Antoinette says, um, uh, to do our forgiveness um, dilemma, I always forgive someone's actions as for, as for my peace of mind, I will do it. However, I will never forget and our relationship will change and you will know it. Ray is saying, do it in the meeting. <laughs> oh, Antoinette actually goes on to say, there's a woman on my road who calls me Susan, even Susie, that's not my name, Antoinette, man. She needs to sing, my name is not Susan. <laughs> so what do you say? 
Exactly. That was Auntie's Know Best. If you have a dilemma, please send them to dilemmas.yourauntiescouldnever at gmail.com. Hey, I'm Auntie Farah and you're listening to Your Aunties Could Never. And now we're about to take you guys back with Black in the Day. When was, not necessarily the first time, but have you had any kind of like supernatural, creepy, eerie experiences, things that you can't really explain? Or if you explain it to people, they'll be looking at you like you're mad. But (laughs) has anything like that ever happened to you? I haven't seen a ghost. Me and my daughter decide there's something in our flat. We don't know what it is because sometimes we hear noises and bumps and scrapes. The other night, and I don't know if it was related to my mood, randomly at five o'clock in the morning, one of my um, weights dropped off my counter for no reason because it's like it'd been on my counter the whole night. I didn't move. There was no wind. I didn't bang anything. It just dropped on the floor. But I was in a certain space and I think it might have been the ancestors saying, listen, fix up. Another thing, I had a dream about something in my teeth and I think I spoke to Farah in the morning and she said she had something... What was it that happened? Cause remember I No, it was um oh I can't remember you made me forget that it wasn't teeth though. It was my ear, it was my ear. I had a big dream about my ear. So I can't remember the whole situation, but I had a dream and I felt it really in my ear. So it was a real mad presence. And then I spoke to Far Auntie Far the next day, or and she said, Yeah, I had something wrong with my ear. So that's about connection ties. I don't know what that was, but it was really, really freaky. And the only other thing is that when I had a Reiki healing one time my Reiki masseuse was like, you have got somebody watching your back because I was taken over. And when I was doing the massage, it, um, I was just being controlled and guided. And that's all I've had. That's my stories. Oh, I have lots, but I would say the last time was probably last week. I was sitting on the sofa and I just happened to look at my plants and there was no window open, but the plants started rustling to the point i was kind of so scared i actually haven't even mentioned this to anybody because i was like oh this is i have my usual witnesses that take place that i can just be like oh this happened to me to to my brother and sister but this was such a big thing and i was so kind of scared but knew it was okay i was frozen watching the plants move and i wanted to say if somebody's there, just appear so that I, I have evidence of it. But the plants just kept on moving and then they stopped. And I was just sitting there frozen, just like, so who do I even tell about this? Because it's like, this is so weird. I don't even know what it was. So I just kind of like kept it to myself. But as this has come up, so that was, that happened. I've had, you know, like you see shadows. So you kind of can discount it because you're like, or the tap on the shoulder, that's, all the time, all the time. Sometimes I'll be in the kitchen and I'll turn around and I'll, I'll say to my husband that nothing, you didn't feel nothing, but I would have a real pat on my back, kind of tap on the shoulder type thing. And then in my mind, I'll be like, yeah, I know you're there. Thank you. Like, you know, wishing whoever it is well. I have that like a lot, lots of little bits and pieces, but I want to see something like really somebody some ancestor appear like that's what I always ask for I want to see you in whatever look you have whether it's ghoulish or whatever skeleton I want to actually see it I'm ready for that now so yeah I'm like auntie Nana. I've had a few different experiences never seen an actual like physical ghost go by me or anything like that but sometimes I'll be driving in my car and I can smell cigarette and I swear that's my auntie Claudette 
it's a very strong smell. Like I don't smoke cigarettes, right? And it's a very strong B and H old school fag smell. And I and I swear that's her because she used to even the day before she died, one of the last things that she wanted to do was smoke her fags. Like so, I sense that I sense her with me sometimes. As I said, very very strong smell in my car. I remember when I was little, I must have been about nine or something like that. I was in my uncle's house. I feel like I've told this story. I was in my uncle's house and I was, and I was watching TV. I was flicking the remote control, flicking it, flicking it, flicking it, flicking it, and then it just all of a sudden stopped watching, stopped working, and then I opened it up to you know like rub the batteries in the back to make it start working again and when I opened it up there were no batteries in it so I was like oh okay that was interesting and then uh another time I was in my old house and I woke up and people were saying oh you sleep up now but I woke up and I felt like someone was on my chest mm-hmm. and I couldn't move and I couldn't speak and I couldn't do anything all I could do was look around like that and I could like I couldn't get the words out I felt that they were sitting on my chest and then they went and then I was able to talk so it's not like they were sitting on my chest and then I woke up. They were sitting on my chest and then I felt them move and then I was able to talk. So those are the weirdest things that's happened to me. You know what's so funny, yeah? Like all of the above, you know? I am not comfortable with it at all. Like it freaks me out. From when I was younger, I could see people's auras. <laughs> Sounds freaked up. But I could literally see colours around people and it was, it didn't make me popular. <laughs> Not that that was the goal, but I was a weird kid anyway. And then to see things like that was just weird. And you're thinking about it, this might be why, but I don't sleep that much. When I used to sleep normally, I have very, very, very vivid dreams and I have predictive dreams. And like too many occasions, things come true. I don't know, man. I find it very scary, <laughs> to be honest. I just wanted to be a normal kid I wanted to be a normal teenager normal in my 20s I just wanted to be normal so I just didn't really I feel like if you have those things and I do think there are some things that you can't explain you have to be open to it for it to kind of blossom right I just really just didn't want it but I've had dreams of like when my dad passed away and I know what people say it's just like oh you're missing him but literally he would appear to me in my dream walking me home I would go, but I would just go different routes. I dreamed of before I moved years ago, I dreamed of the area that I moved to before I saw it. There was this guy at work that unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago. We just have random conversations. And one of the conversations was just like, if you go before, you know, if we go before each other, like our promise to each other was to give me a sign that there's something else. Or there's like, you know, do you know what I mean? That there's, there's more to this. You know, you just have them deep conversations when you're working late at night. Pops up in my dream. <laughs> do you know what I mean? He was just there, like, kind of thing. And he was like, oh, it's all right. Don't worry about it. Just just live. And that just freaked me out. That freaked me out so much. I didn't even go to the guy's funeral. I just couldn't, I couldn't face it. Because I was just like, I just keep on having these experiences. And I just didn't know what to do with it, really and truly. So, yeah, and all that sleep, sleep acne. What was it called again? Apnea. Yeah. Paralysis. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's the scientific term for it, isn't it? I want it every day. <laughs> every morning, I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous. I have Every day. Oh, shit. Yeah, it was, okay, a lot. it was a lot. So I was just like, I'm sleeping, man. I'm up. <laughs> Serious. I'll sleep when I'm proper tired. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I remember it was a couple of weeks ago, Auntie Sade, you mentioned about numbers. Oh, yes. And in my head was a 
Auntie Shade has sight. And it just popped in, but then you was like, yeah, but I don't follow them. So I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it I'm, yeah. I'm to myself, but you absolutely do. And all of those prompts, your higher self being like, these are your gifts. So it's like you're running from them, but they're there for you to use. Really, it's nothing to be scared of. Because You could be like Tyler. Prompting you. He's Tyler. Tyler's some young boy. Um, he's got a program on E and he reads people and reads things. And yeah. It's our superpowers. I definitely believe that, Auntie Nana. It is our superpowers. And I definitely believe that you either tap into it or you don't, you know, like some people just openly tap into it. But I'm I, I'm with you, Auntie Charlie. Sometimes that's sh- that stuff's scary. And I think you're not channel people aren't channeling enough of their brain, so they block stuff out, which is why they say that children can see things. Like since my daughter's uncle's passed, she's yeah. seen him bare times. And I have to say to her, he's just coming to say hello and to check you're all right. But at first she was freaked out by it. Um, I was going to say, Auntie, please tap him, Auntie Sade, because we can all benefit from your foresight. Thank you. Leave <laughs> <laughs> the comment, please, and let's move on. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah, the only thing, you know what, yeah, you see with people's stories, like, I, I'm not even, not even um, joking, like, if I say I don't like someone, just believe me, innit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's their aura. I'm never wrong. Okay, comments. Antoinette says, when me and my daughter first moved into our old house, I swear the strange occurrences were due to my dad. My daughter would constantly find money around the house in random places, 10 pound in her laptop, 20 pound in her trainers, 10 pounds in her piggy bank. And the most was 70 pounds in the pocket of a pair of jeans. Oh my God. Swear it was Pops blessing her because she used to help him choose his lottery numbers and he'll usually win a tenner. Thanks Pops. Oh, that's so nice. Miss Natang says, oh, my God, I see 11-11 all the time. Oh, my God, so do I. Um, yeah. <laughs> as this morning, I've been screenshotting my phone as evidence. need to research what it means. I literally keep on seeing triple numbers everywhere. Yeah. Like, 2-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-3-
Come on, yeah. Anyway, we have to, this is interesting. We've got to move on. This will be another Auntie's Late, so we've got to line them up. Hey, I'm Auntie Shade. You're listening to your Auntie's Good Never. It's almost time to wrap up. Before we do, Aunties, what's made you sad, mad, or glad? I would say I was sad about hearing about Dr. Dre and his and his wife breaking up because I really love the documentary that he has with Jimmy Iovine. Um, I can't, the name's gone out of my head, but it's on Netflix. The Defiant Ones. The Defiant Ones. I love that. It, it inspires me. And she's in it from time to time. So I kind of liked their coupling. So I was sad about that. Then I kind of got a little bit mad with their whole divorce things when I was reading over what she was after. It felt like absolutely ridiculous. Like her, her telephone bill and all of that. And now I'm overly glad that she really is divorcing him. Three mistresses that she wants to subpoena. It's like, what type of shit was this man up to that you have three mistresses that she knows of to even be able to contact a subpoena? It's like, wow. So it just made me laugh when I was reading that. Like, I, I kind of, from a distance, been on a little emotional journey with you guys. And I hope Sis gets all that she's owed and 20,000 phone bill gets paid for and he has to support all of that shit. Take him to the cleaners. Get half, if not 70%. I am glad that the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, has found a way to resolve the um, extension of the congestion zone and the uh, free travel for under-18s and pensioners. So I'm glad that that's come about. Although I am a little bit sad. It's not even sad. Sceptical of what he's done to get that. It's like, well, what did you have to do in order to not have to do those things? It's going to come out and haunt us somehow. So I'm a little bit like sad about that. I am glad that I started driving again last week after my ankle being mashed up. Um, so yeah, I'm on the move. It does hurt still, but I'm on the move. <laughs> I'm going to change my sad and mad to hopeful. I'm hopeful that the American people and the American election system works and they do the right thing and Joe Biden is going to be president or will be the president and Trump goes. I'm hopeful. And I'm glad at even the hint of a Jodeci versus, yeah, I'm very glad. <laughs> it's making me very excited. I'm, I'm, I think it'll be great. It might make lockdown a lot easier to swallow if this happens. I'm sad because of, I'm such a snob. I really, power got on my nerves, but I'm really enjoying Power Book 2 and it's pissing me off because I want to be a snob all the time. I'm actually enjoying it. So Power Book 2, not bad. <laughs> um, I'm mad that, well, I'm not really mad. My, my birthday is going to fall in lockdown. So that means plans I had can't be my plans that I had. So I'll be happy birthdaying myself in my room, I guess or not. And um, I'm glad that, um, I had two glads. Something I just saw this morning was um, a story that hasn't really been big, which I'm really mad about. Um, but apparently today, all cleaners on the University of London contract have been brought in-house following a relentless campaign that led to the insourcing of their reception-based colleagues and security officers earlier this year. So basically, I think, I tried this in a nutshell, there's been a whole big hullabaloo about cleaners, basically, and usually these cleaners are not white, um, who have been just treated zero, zero hour contracts, 
not having adequate facilities and all the negative things you can think of when that would happen to cleaners and security guards and all that type of stuff. And um, and it's been happening with employees who those who have employed of big colleges and big universities in the UK. And so there have been lots of petitions and boycotts. And this has been going on since like 2013 and beyond. And I barely heard about it. So I just happened to see this hashtag that the, these guys have um, won this in-house. It's like a union have come together and they've won this latest things. So the University of London cleaners have been brought in-house. So they're now going to get better rights and all this type of stuff. And apparently there's more movements happening. And I'm just really glad for them because usually I know I've, I've got an auntie and uncle or a hundred who are in that position and more. And it's just in general for workers on those blue collar jobs that are not treated um, fairly at all. This is a great move for them. So really glad for them. And I really think the media needs to take this story up a lot more because it's barely out there. But I'm other glad is that the other day, me and my daughter threw down, I did a shepherd's pie, I said, this is basic, but I did a shepherd's pie. My daughter did some mac and cheese, we did some chicken. And I was like, we can freaking cook our asses off. We like, <laughs> I say shepherd's pie, but it's black shepherd's pie. And we've got the sweet potato, we've got the spices and all that type of stuff. <laughs> was mac and cheese is banging, she's perfect at it now. My chicken wings were great. And I was like, yeah, man, we could actually cook. So I was just really glad about that. And that's it. I was supposed to have a hit. I don't have anyone that's on my hit list and I don't have an unpopular opinion at the moment. Um, maybe my unpopular opinion is that Biden's going to win. I don't know. And that's it. So thank you, guys. That was Your Aunties Could Never, episode 35. Please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. We're here for you. So thank you very much to my aunties and to everyone who watched and supported today. We're on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Follow us, like us, subscribe to us, and be back next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.